This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hi, everybody. I have somebody who's awesome. He lives in the Netherlands. So cool. I got some, we're getting, we're getting some more global representation as we go along, you know, through this podcast. This is episode, I think it's episode 40. <laughs> yes, I keep, I love, you know, when you're like doing these and like my numbers, it's like, I don't know how old I am these days, you know, all things. I don't know the date, it's March 223rd. I don't know. So basically, that's the same idea. So thank you so much for joining Erno Hanik, right? Did I pronounce it right? Yes, yes, that's okay. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Tell, tell us a little about about who you are and your story. It's it's I guess it's your, your own story. It ties into our theme here, the rise above adversity a little bit. So tell me a little bit about, about that. I know you'll have a different story to share as well, but give us a little bit of this, the out of the bird's eye view of like your history and where you are and how you became to where you are today. Yes, I am in the Netherlands. Um, I've been born there. I live in a city which is close to Arnhem, which some people might know from A Bridge Too Far, which is a movie about the Second World War, which was a breaking point in um, freeing the Netherlands from the Germans. It took half half a year to finally clear that breaking point. Um, so it, and it's it's a famous part in history, so that's maybe people know that. That's okay. Anyway, um, I've I've been in marketing and sales um, most of most of my career and been working for several companies um, until 2006 when I started my own business. Always uh, independent, so no employees, working with freelancers though, um, still today that do work for me. Um, and the thing was when I started, um, when I was in my last job, I was in marketing and sales and I, I started blogging. I followed uh, Darren Rose from from Australia from uh, yeah. problogger.net Probably, yep. and yeah and he and he um, he put he, he wrote his post about how you could make money with your with your blog if you, if you are smart yeah, enough yeah let me talk about that really quickly when you did it early it was a lot more lucrative a lot of people do it and they're riding the wave and it's much harder now than when you did it in 2006 2007 2008 2009 so yeah, not yeah, say so, not so, saying you shouldn't, but you, yeah, it's harder. You know, so, so when I did that at that time, um, what I, I I wrote up, um, I wrote, you know, I had a blog which is called Enthusiasm, and it, I wrote about all kind of stuff and and you know automation and home video, but also about marketing and every, all kind of stuff I wrote about, and, and I had these ads. You know, he said you need to do this ad, you need this ad, you need to do it this way. And I thought, okay, this could be a way that I could just break free and start on my own and just use the blog as a, as a good way of income. I did get income. I didn't get to a good way, a good income that I could uh, you know, support my family. It was like a thousand um, euros uh, per month about, I think, right. about it, which, which I think was pretty okay at that time. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, it's so much harder nowadays. So the fact that you had that, but it was hard. Like I don't think I made money on my blog alone. I had to, it, I had to get business from my blog and on the content that I provided. So it's the same yeah. idea. Yeah. So, so what I what I learned there was that uh, once I started 
I'm splitting up the topics in the block into separate blocks. So that was that was a that was a turning point for me. So having this big block with every topic on it and just moving away some of the topics to separate blocks and then, for example, just focusing on uh, plasma television. So at that point it was um, it was relevant then. <laughs> and and um, and then ads on that and that worked. So um, that's what I learned. And then I, I went to my boss and I said, well, I think I should start a blog for our company. And that was the company where I still was uh, responsible for marketing and sales. And I, I wasn't a, I wasn't very um, good in explaining how it worked, and it was pretty new. So he said, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> so I said, "Well, okay, let me try it on my own time. I'll do it on my own time. I just I blog about this stuff. I make videos, and I'll do this stuff and see what happens." Within a month, I was asked to be um, a guest post blogger kind of thing for a newsletter, which was for um, a large uh, part of our community for our clients. Within a month, I thought, okay, this is this is it. This is important. This is blogging, writing, publishing is important. Can you make yourself visible? So for me, it was it was like I need to do this. So that was actually the turning point for me to say, okay, I need to go on my own and find a way, figure out a way how how can I do this? Then I made the stupid mistake by just saying, okay, I'm freelancing now on marketing and sales. So there was no focus on clients or market or whatever it was it was just really broad i had no idea and before that i was involved in marketing so i know that you have to focus and target and do this niche thing and everything but it once you started my own everything got lost there so it took about two years before i had my first um product that i could really sell and that was um, based on the knowledge that I've gotten by blogging. So I sold websites based on WordPress, helping people to write on their topic and publishing a email newsletter so that um, once a month they send out. So I had this package for them and I charged a good amount of money for them and I worked, um, I helped them. So that was a good business. And then in 2009, 2008, I got an invitation to go to CES in Las Vegas. Um, and before that, your know, Twitter was at that time, 2008, 2007, it was easier to get in touch with uh, with uh, an, an, a lot of people. And um, I got in touch with a lot of people and just say, hey, I'm at, at uh, Vegas and CES, do you want to meet up? So I met up with a lot of famous bloggers and I got also introduced to um, um, the social media club and to uh, WordCamp. Um, I met there with uh, Liz Strauss um, and with um, Laurel van Vossen. And on my way back from the airport to my home after the CES. Wait, well, I, I, I want to inter interrupt you just to kind of talk about this because, you know, we, we, we seem to be in the same crowds, but we weren't really in the same crowd. Like you're, you know, on social media connected. So um, Liz Strauss, uh, and, and several other people that Arnold met um, are on, like Liz Strauss is unfortunately not with us anymore. She just passed away about two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and there were a number of other people, but like if you if you Google Liz Strauss, I mean she's like like one of these premier people for like blogging and and um, the people that you were connected to. I mean they're like the trendsetters in the industry. I think a lot of like you see ebbs and flows because this was like 10 years ago and like a lot of people are still riding this wave but like where waves are like kind of like they're separating more 
you know, like it's yeah. the same kind of thing. Like I'm like in a completely different trajectory. I'm like on a different beach these days, but like, you know, it's, 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 it's really interesting if you're, if you got out early, it's like, it helps a lot. It really worked very well in your favor, but, um, you know, it's, 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 it's super, super like continue talking about like what, what happened. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. So at that event, I also met with Rohit Bhargava and, um, and he had a book just published, which was uh, Personality Not Included. And I said, well, I can take a copy with me and see if I can get it published in the Netherlands. And on my train ride back from um, the, the Amsterdam airport to my home, I put on Twitter, so is anybody interested in doing um, a work camp in the Netherlands this year? And a couple of people replied and said, yeah, that's, that's really a great idea. Let's do that. So and later on, I also um, contacted a couple of people saying, should we do a social media club Amsterdam? Are you interested in doing it together with me? So by the end of 2009, we had our first social media club in Amsterdam in December. And in September, we had our first uh, WordCamp, which actually uh, Liz Strauss and Laura van Fossen spoke. They stayed at my house oh, that's um, cool. for, for a week. <laughs> well, you know, your house looks really cool. Like looking at your, your just I do have a viewer looking at each other right now. You have an orange wall and a bright blue door and this big whiteboard. I mean, it's it's a cool setup, man. <laughs> I want to live in a house that's colorful like that. Like it was a it was a matter of just a paint and and you know taking it's, some time. Yeah, but <laughs> you took some time and you got creative and you got these like good colors, this good blend of colors. I'm trying to think what color, I don't know, some logo blend that like FedEx is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, FedEx room right there. I don't know. It's it's a in the Netherlands is a company called Cool Blue. They have similar kind of colors. Okay. Yeah. And it, the orange is, is um the, the both colors come from my my uh, company um uh, brand kind of style thing. But the orange I included because I wanted to be at some point I wanted to go internationally and and use the Dutch orange color as as a as a branding thing. You know, oh, but yeah. that definitely happened. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um. Uh, so we organized these events, and at one point in the Netherlands, there were like 15 social media clubs in 15 cities. Um, at that point, it was really important for the market to you know, inform businesses, com companies, and these marketeers about you know, how you can use social media. Of course, that is all you know um, gone that time. And um, what I what I learned is that these events are great, but they were all not my potential clients. It was all work that I did just to give back to, to the community, to just give back to people and meet new people. But it was it was all not my clients because my clients were just um, independent professionals. They had their own business and no employees and I wanted to help them. So at some point uh, it was over for three, I think I did it for three years, then it was, uh, I, I quit. And, um, and I focused on the business and I said at some point, okay, let's, let's go internationally and just go in English um, and just quit quit the Dutch blog. And I did that. I, I launched a English product. Um, I had one international client, one from Spain. That was it. The other ones uh, all came from the Netherlands, but they, you know, um, we talked in English, but it was, they, they were Dutch. <laughs> and after nine months, I figured out, okay, so this is not working. Uh, people are not moving from my Dutch side to my English side. So let's go back to the Dutch version and just forget about the English version right now. So that's what happens to me all the time. I do these things that it's you know, it, out on the front line. And then every time when it tends to be, if I had to just push on, it would have probably grown a lot bigger because I was into Facebook for business in 2009. 
I had a book published for myself in 2010 about that topic, which was really early in the Netherlands. Right. The people that really made money with it and by you know giving workshops and presentations and all this stuff about it, um, they did that in like 2014 or something like that. At that time, I already quit that topic again because I found another one. So yeah. that's what, what I do. I just jump onto the new things. And every time when it starts to blow up, I'm already jumping onto the next thing. That's it's, For me, it's interesting, but it's also, it is, it's not a good way of uh, making money. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I kind of look retrospectively in, on what I'm doing. I mean, I'm launching a perfume brand, which is very appropriate for the pandemic timing. But it's a lot difficult, more difficult to do this today than it was to potentially do it five or six years ago. Of course, it wasn't on my radar to even consider five or six years ago. But, you know, I just want to, the only thing I would say for myself is that, you know, I had always diversified my income. I was working with like three or four different clients. I always had like this one full-time gig and then everything else that kind of went and kind of was like, you know, spokes on my wheel here, if you will. And the one thing that I think my biggest challenge was is the fact that um, I was always very comfortable with like that main source of income. So I didn't want to take as big risk as I am right now, which is clearly the biggest risk I'm ever taking. And who knows, you know, like you said, it took about two years and you were trying to figure things out. I heard from a friend that like they didn't really hit their groove for four years. And I don't have believe like I have a cousin who, who came up to me last week and she said, I don't think this could ever be very big. And like, that's her way of like her subtle way of saying you're out of your mind, which maybe I am. But like, if I did this five years ago and I had the, the medium, the, like, you know, Facebook for business, I was leveraging it in the right way. You know, maybe it wouldn't have been the right time. Like it would have been like Cosmo and urban fetch, which are delivery systems that basically are like the Amazon prime of, of today, if you will, for college students. Uh, they they both went bankrupt, but like nowadays, like their competitors are all doing really well. I I just feel like you know the timing could have been better for that visibility, all of that stuff. But I think it's still the right time. But I was again, I was just too comfortable to take that big risk. And I just the only thing I would potentially say here is that if you feel like there's something that's like you just have that comfort. Um, of, of some sort of opportunity that you're working for someone else's versus, versus yourself, that's going to make the a huge difference because that person doesn't necessarily, they're not necessarily beholden to forever. You need to really kind of take the initiative in your hands and put your future into your hands instead of putting your future into somebody else's hands. It's like the rich dad, poor dad mentality. If you're familiar with the book. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure if I 100% agree um, because I've been learning a lot of stuff about um, it, the topic that I'm working on today for the last two years is about decision making. Decision making, how can you make better decisions as, a, as an entrepreneur? And um, the thing is that sometimes you're just really lucky that you make the right decision at the right time and the right people, you meet the right people at the right time and you have the, the product at the right time and then it booms and it explodes. That's, that's, but it, it's, it, it feels like that you're very knowledgeable and you're doing the right, all the right stuff because you make all the right decisions, but 90% of it is just, it's just pure luck. So, um, and, and once this happens and you have a good product that you launch and it, it's really successful, you think it's you as an entrepreneur yeah. and the next one you launch and it's, and it maybe even that one does well, but the next time it doesn't do well. So 
you think you made a mistake, but it's it's not. It's just it's just luck. It has to do so much with the luck. That's unbelievable. And um, hard work is 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 um, apparently people think that's that's the main reason why people get um, successful, which I don't believe. I believe it's it's you know, you have to just be in the right place at the right time. And if you do more things, try more things, and not just sit back, but if you try more things, the chance that you become lucky increases, of course. That's right. I think that's that's what I believe in. So Well, I don't um, know if I disagree with you. I'm completely like I'm in agreement with you. The challenge that I think is that exists for me is that, you know, the two things that I'm pinpointing is number one, if you're too comfortable and you're not willing to take a risk, it might be the right time for that luck to, to come in. And number two, if I did this five years ago, it would have been a lot easier to to capture like the Facebook, you know, ad market. Whereas today it's a competitive, like beyond belief. And that competition, unfortunately, drives prices up and the cost per acquisition is extremely difficult. So just making my business make sense is just uh, extraordinarily difficult. That being said, you know, I'm trying to disrupt a market. I'm trying to launch a fragrance brand for mental health. And there are more silo targeting um, features than ever today than there were back then. That being still, that being said, I still can't reach the target audience. So, because it's such a, it's an education of a, of a particular process. So that's the, that's the difference. So this, it's, 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 no, I, but I, I agree. It's, but I think, I think education is a different thing than 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 advertising, right? So advertising is is, is of course, um, I, I I've been watching a lot of videos and uh, and reading his books of um um uh, uh what's his name the, the wine guy jesus gary vaynerchuk barry Vayner, gary vaynerchuk right and um yeah every time he was at the forefront by you know google ads by facebook ads by instagram ads and, but it also had to do with the, you know having the guts to invest at the right time and spending money at, at advertising when other people didn't and I think that's, like you said, if you're comfortable, um, you don't take many risks. And and I think that's 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 part of it. If you take more risks, then you attract more luck. And um, you the silos for you because you you're different, right? Your brand is different, but also the product that you have is a is a different angle than what's 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 known in the market. It's more about education than about using advertising in the regular channels. But you know, that's, a, that's another, another topic, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. OK, cool. So yeah, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Talk, talk, to, talk to me about your story. I want to I get a little more about it from you. Yeah. So um, like I said before, it, it, it's, it's a I love you know, finding new things and, and learning about it and, and sharing that stuff, you know, writing blog posts about it, doing podcasts about it. I've been doing podcasts like I'm in episode 270 right now. I've been, I think uh -huh. like five years or so every week an episode. Um, so so I've, I've always been in the forefront of things that when other people slowly discovering it. Um, but it, it, for me, it means just I don't make a lot of money from it. But that, that to me is also not important. I mean, other people find it important, but I'm 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 not one of those people that really find that important. I. I think that I've learned through this to be very um, smart with money. Um, I mean, we still save. We um, have bring, brought our mortgage back like 
25% um, uh, uh, from what it used to be. So, which is, you know, if, if you compare the, by renting a house now, we just live almost for free, almost. Mm. Um, so we did all that while I had moments where I didn't make a lot of money. So I learned to cope with all these things. And um, like I said, it, it is, I think stoicism is like a, um, a way of life for me where I learned just to accept the things that they like the way they come. That's why I also think that luck is, is an important part. And the way that it is, is that you, you have no influence of what's coming towards you. You have no influence if you're becoming sick, you have no influence uh, who's going to be the president, you have no influence of a coronavirus, all this stuff, right. they're all out of your control. The one thing that you do control, of course, um, according to this philosophy, is that um, the way you respond to things. Yeah. If if Corona comes to you, it, you can be angry, you can be upset, you can be um, saying, okay, this is an interesting period, let's, let's discover. You can say, okay, this is time to, to relax and to um, learn new stuff. So there's so many ways that you can um, use this period in a good way and a bad way. And that's just up to you. It's up to you how you respond to these things. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, before, before you, you know, just, I'm a big proponent of this Spotify, and I guess they're on Apple uh, Music also, Fearless Motivation. And that's really what they preached. You know, a lot of people, I think the world, and I have to kind of like mentally, uh, they have to give credence to the government. This is like, my life sucks because of the government, of the government. But it's about how you respond to it. It's how you react to it. And to me, I certainly don't have agreement with the world, the politics today. But they're like literally I have I have a neighbor around the block, around the corner from me. You have one person who's like vote Trump out. They literally have a, a, a yard sign that says vote Trump out. And right across the street from her is like the biggest Trump fan ever. It's just insane what we have here. And. I say to myself, yeah, I mean, I agree and I disagree and whatever. I'm kind of in, like, I'm independent, if you will. I don't really, I'm registered Republican, but I didn't vote for Trump. I'll put it that way. I'm not going to hide from that. But at the same time, um, like, I, I I just feel like you give too much credibility. It's like, you have to, like, you can't deny that the government's there, but you can also, like, change your future. It doesn't have to be what the, like, you could be like, whatever 91 percent and the one percent you could be the one percent that like you know that lives like a, a completely different life. being the 99 percent that lives a completely different life you don't have to be fitting in a mold that's based on your governmental policies so this this a uh, thing there so go ahead keep going yeah no, I, I i see that's that's the whole thing i think that um like I like I said in, in when you asked, so do you agree with all? The, can you can you have points on all these three points that I've, I'm asking you? Adversity, I, I don't I don't feel adversity in the way that most people feel like it, because because it is just part of life. It just happens, and it's it's all about how you respond to it. If you make it a big deal in a positive or a negative way. And um, like I said, I have made so many changes in my business and didn't make a lot of money at so many moments. But I still, I still am happy. I still, I still don't believe that it's the most important thing that I need. And and I still have a, I have a good life. I have a son and a daughter, and they both graduated, and we have a good life. So, so why is this that people are so frustrated about? It? I don't, I don't, I don't worry about that part either because it's 
I don't have to worry about it. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So that's what I learned. Um, and I think what I, the moment, um, when I was, when I was like 16, I had a, a couple of years already I had back pains um, just throughout all the day. It was, uh, it was there all the time. It was not a lot, but it was there all the time. And at some point, um, the doctor said, so, okay, you have this issue with the lower back where um, the lower part of your spine is a bit loose from the most of your spine. And what happens is that the, the, the top part of the spine just um, slides inwards uh, down. So it, it moves um, in your nerve system. And that's what, what makes it hurt. And we can do those things. You can be in a harness for a year and then you have to sleep it and everything. And then um, when we take it off, probably after a couple of years, you have to be again in the harness. That's how we can do this. Or we can just operate you and we stitch, we, we bring this together. We bring two small pieces of um, bone to that and it has to grow together and then it just sticks there. So at 16, I had to make the decision to do this um, with the knowledge that I didn't have to spend a year in a harness. But I had to spend three months in hospital laying in a bed because it has to heal. It just takes time until the bones heal um, or grow together. It's, that's, uh, so th I think that was, I was 16 and I was three months in a bed. And I think that was um, a, a, a moment in my life where I learned to just be patient and to see also because I was at, um, uh, you, you meet a lot of people that you know, had, um, uh, spine injury or all kind of things that you know, are really bad in the hospital. You see them coming and going. And so, yeah, it, 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 I just learned to accept what was going on and just to um, wait until the, the, the three months were over and then go back to my normal life. Right. So that was, that was, I think that was about it's my story. Difficult. It's difficult. Socially, it's difficult. I mean, judgmentally you think about the fact that people are like probably all oh, this guys and yeah i mean it's it's definitely not easy my uncle had to do it also um he had to they had to grow a bone he had an issue and i don't even remember he was a younger kid i mean i wasn't alive it was when he was a kid so my father's brother so i don't i don't i just know that he had a similar issue and it's 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 definitely like i think he was he was out of commission for a year i think he was living in a bed or a hospital so definitely not the most the easiest thing I mean you fall behind it's, it's the rest of the world is spinning and you're in a bed it's like how I felt when I was in coronavirus uh, lockdown in the beginning we were the first city in the United States to kind of shut down and then two weeks later the rest of the world shut down but just to think that we were kind of like our our world stopped spinning and the rest of the world still was it was just weird and it's, it's completely like you say you don't like I'm, I love the attitude about it. You're like, yeah, I don't really think about it as much of adversity, but you know, you, you're taking it in stride. And now I'm taking COVID in stride. Now everybody else is joining me, but like you didn't have that. So, like, you know, kudos to you for the way you kind of handled that. Yeah, and, and, and I see at the moment, of course, when I first was operated, it, it really hurt. Um, I was 16 and, you know, I tried what I you 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 are flattening your back, and then every couple of hours they turn you because otherwise you get these spots. Um, that, yeah, so um, they have this large bed and it, it turns slowly. 
but in the beginning, you're not used to laying down for such a long period, especially when you're like um, a, a okay. I, Listen, as an adult, I can't sit. I can't sit still either. So. Yeah. So. so um, in the beginning, I just I just asked the nurse, oh, "Can you please already tell me?" No, you have to wait for for just just a little bit longer. And they didn't say how long, but just a little bit longer. Just try a little bit longer. And so, um, but you know, it, after a week or so, maybe two weeks, it, it it you get used to it. You get you know everything turns back to normal, a new normal. And at that time, actually, the Olympic Games were uh, in Los Angeles, and for us it was midnight. So we just watched the Olympic Games like through the night and. So we had a lot just we, that was our fun. We had we still had fun. So it was still a fun time. It was a very um, it, it was a great experience actually. Looking back, well, good for you that you, like you're able to like make it work. I mean, obviously yeah. it wasn't easy. So uh, you know, awesome, awesome. I I really do admire the attitude. And. I mean, like, it's like, it's it's funny because there's not much I know about you besides like what we are talking about here, but like, you know, just looking at who you are, what you like, like judging you by your, by your surroundings here. And I mean, again, the blue and like, you have like this positive attitude, like these are like just looking, you know, your bright and airy colors in your office and, and what you're sharing. So, so I, I, I really do admire that. And I think ultimately everything comes down to attitude. I was just having this conversation. I don't, I forget if I had it on this podcast, but I had it on a different podcast, if not this one. And somebody had reached out to me and he said, you know, my brother is going through a very hard time. How can I help him? He, we lost our mother in 2019. He just had a heart attack. He survived the heart attack and he's going through marital struggles. Like how, like he's depressed. And all of a sudden I become the expert on depression. I'm not an expert on depression, but I can tell you that for me, my depression that I had was definitely self-created. And it sounds to me like this guy's depression is potentially self-created because when you lay in bed, like he was, like if you're laying in bed and as a 16 year old child and you were just ruminating, the word I used to say before is ruminating. If you're ruminating and you're thinking in your mind, this is the worst thing that can happen to me, then yes, your physical body is going to manifest the mental, the emotions and the physical are both going to manifest and itself on you. And you're just going to be like a mess, or you can start saying, how can I look into, how can I make change my attitude so that things are better? Just like you said. And, um, what is the, what is his brother? Like once you're there, you, you're in trouble. Like you have to figure out how to get out. But the fact is you need to be preventative to stop the ruminations from overtaking your psyche and then your body, because that's exactly how it starts. My depressions, I've been through depression more than one time in my life. I've gone through very, very diff like, it, like, you know, really tough times. And looking back, there's always a pattern that I basically have created it to, for myself. I started thinking this is crappy and this is bad. And, like that's what going back to like the you know blaming things on the government. The government has ruined my life. All of a sudden, that I, I lost. You're you're giving up control and you're saying the government controls me. And all of a sudden, once you lose control, it comes back to saying I am in control of my future. I want to change my mindset. It's all about all about that. So, without really going into that, and and, and, and you know I don't want to talk about me so much. I want to talk about you. But I think it's really really important to kind of hone in on what you can do and it comes down to, like you said, it's all about attitude. It's all about being smart with how you act in every way, like your financial, your finances and all the things. I think it's super important. So again, 
I appreciate your inspirational, uh, you know, your story because it is. It definitely is. Good. Yeah, I, I think I think the two more things that I feel I there's a couple of things I just saw a post an update on Twitter about it too. Um, forgot who it was, but um, I think there's there's a couple of things that are really important in in self care and and. If if you do this physically, self care, the mental state also changes in in, in a positive way as well. So um, uh, sleep, um, right. eating right, and exercising. So I get up somewhere between five and six. I don't have an alarm. I don't use my phone in my bedroom. Um, so but but I get up somewhere between five and six. It's just a rhythm that is very normal to me. But it also means that I get into bed at time. I get into bed like at nine. 9.30 most of the days. Wow. Um, not a lot of people do that because they think that's insane. But for me, I need sleep. So if I get up so early, I need to go in. It's, for me, it's just logical thinking. I cannot do it the other way. Right. Then eating right means just, you know, don't eat the bad food. Just eat healthy food so you feel better. It's it's not difficult to understand, but it, it makes you just feel better. And um, moving, by even by, I did a lot of just walking um, we have uh, uh, a great um, um, uh, woods here, uh, trails, everything you can do here. Uh, start walking and just walking. And now I do, I do a lot of running now. But it is, it is it just exercising just makes you feel um, good. And it also means that your mental health improves. So these three things were really important for me to just start my day off every day by just reading, writing, um, and um, you know, meditating or, or just journaling or anything, to, so to improve myself and to just get my thoughts out of my head and onto paper. I think that's I think that's the most important part. Yeah, yeah. No, I love your self care regimen. I think that's cr critically important. You need to self care, as I've said many times. Self care isn't selfish. It's extraordinarily important to kind of give your self care a priority. I know that I will not go to bed if I don't prioritize my self-care. So that means if I if I have to take a walk at 1130 at night to get my steps in or to like, you know, do my workout to break a sweat because that's an objective of mine, then that's what I'll do. And it's a, it's it's habit forming stuff, you know, like James Clear, Atomic Habits, do something yeah. very small, very easily, but you'll get there. And hopefully once you get there and you maintain it, it's 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 easy. It's easy. From there. I agree. So I, like I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So I love it. I'm glad you took the initiative on the uh, self care. I was going to get that. <laughs> um, but yeah, talk, talk to me. I guess I guess there's a there's the last question. Um, as I don't know if you've actually gotten to this when you listen to the podcast in the past, but if we could talk about uh, if you can give a piece of advice to an earlier version of yourself, it's your common sense. That's where it all comes in. I decided that came in like, you know, episode 15. I realized that, oh, it's a common sense part. Yeah. Uh, if you can give a little piece of common sense to an earlier version of yourself, what would you tell them? I don't know. I think I'm changing nothing. Oh, I like it. Yeah, it, it, the thing is, um, like I said, it is. It, it has mostly to do with luck. I mean, I work. I always work hard to. As most people look at it, they they feel I work hard. I don't feel that way. I don't feel I work hard. Um, I when I was in high school, I had fun until like the, almost the last year, 
And then I decided, okay, now I need to start working and I start getting great grades and to go to the right school. And then I, I, I never stopped. I just, I always went on. I always did the things that I thought um, would help me the, the most. I wouldn't change the thing about that. And, you know, um, if I would be in another universe, maybe I would have less luck. In other universe, I would be maybe more luck. I have no idea. But that really doesn't matter. I think that the, the idea is that... Um, you just have to find your own way. Like you said, you, you, somebody asked you um, about uh, depression, and you said you're not an expert, but you have expertise, right? So you can. I don't know if I do. I have personal experience, not expertise. That's what that's what I meant to say. You have personal, you have one experience, and that's that's you. So yeah. you can use that in just a very small part of um, the rest of the world, right? So it's just one experience. You're not experienced. You're not an expert in anything. This is just one. That's me, right? Same thing. I have just one experience and I can use it in when I talk to people, but it doesn't probably apply to them because they have a different background, different experiences, different future, whatever. Um, but what I do is I try to read as much as I can. So I, I, I get all these inputs and see, um, if somebody asks me a question, if I, if I can give them some new insights from with these inputs, that's what I just do. I just um, read, learn, and share, and and I, I don't think I will ever change that. That's the same thing I did all my life. Yeah, it's good. No regrets at all. I like it. Yeah, awesome. Well, no, that's that's it's interesting. It's the first time someone's like, oh yeah, I'll be, I'll, I trust trust yourself. Like I mean, yeah, you technically are. You're saying all the things. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. Where where can our listeners find you? Yeah, it's of course it's always um, kind of interesting because <laughs> I am on Twitter. I think Twitter LinkedIn is is um, is a good platform. Is my name E R N O H A N N I N K. Um, I have a blog Ernhoning.nl, uh, which is in Dutch. Okay. So obviously, I have a podcast, which most of the episodes are in Dutch, but some of them are in English, like. I think like 15%. I have some really great guests on there too. Cool. Um, I have an English website, erinonning.com, but it's not really updated. So what's, what's the English website? erinonning.com. So that's my name, .com. Oh, right, right, okay. You say fast. It's not, a, it's not really updated. Know. Yeah, so, no, it's it's so, so your stable presence is Twitter. Stick with that. That's what yeah. I would say. Yeah, I think I think Twitter is more for me. It's more a personal thing, and LinkedIn is more like a business thing. So that's how I kind of separate them. Okay, sounds good to me. Awesome, cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. I love I love learning about you, and I, I just I just love your attitude. It's very infectious. I I, I, I love talking to you tomorrow because I I have seen you on the sidelines uh, through Twitter mostly, and I love what you did, and also the the, the post that you did about um, uh, the situation and then the launching of of your of your uh, uh, your brand and everything. I love what you did, so that's why I actually replied. Yeah, no. Well, I appreciate that you did. It's been a long time. I mean, listen, I, I took a hiatus from Twitter for about seven years. So coming back to that, I'm glad there are some people who are still following me. It's funny because like I have like 36,000 followers and I would say 98% uh, of those people are not active. So like I just like everyone's like, why do you have so many followers? And I'm sorry, I'm making fun of their voice. But like it's really unfortunately none of these people are quality followers for the most part. Like it's it's like when you take a break, I mean, but, um, with the exception of like, you know, that's why I say 98%. Um, 
when you take a break for that long, it's like like people forget that you're there. People, most of those people probably are not even active themselves. So, it's it's really interesting to see the dynamic of like you know the ebbs and the flows of of, yeah. of social. So, but I do have a stable presence, if you will, because I'm back again. And now all of a sudden, like you see me as a completely different person than you might have seen me in 2010, which is sort of the point. Yeah. 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 Cool. Thank you, Tamar. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time, 